NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you. Guided by plant professionals, dig into botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Online learning your way. Register at nybg.org. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. Some brief background before I welcome a special guest. Here's a headline from Saturday's New York Times, page one. Number of youths who identify as transgender doubles in the U.S., The lead of the story reports the number of young people who identify as transgender has nearly doubled in recent years, according to a new report that captures a stark generational shift and emerging societal embrace of a diversity of gender identities. The analysis relying on government health surveys conducted from 2017 to 2020 estimated that 1.4% of 13 to 17 year olds and 1.3% of 18 to 24-year-olds were transgender, compared with about 0.5% of all adults. The new data, further along in the story, it says the new data were analyzed by researchers at the Williams Institute, a research center at the University of California, Los Angeles Law School that produces highly regarded reports on the demographics, behaviors, and policy concerns of LGBTQ populations in the United States. Which brings me to my guest, Dr. Jody Herman, is the Reed Rasmussen Senior Scholar of Public Policy at the Williams Institute. Dr. Herman, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So for how long has this data been analyzed? In other words, when we speak of a doubling of the number of youth, we're obviously comparing to that to some other data set. For how long have we been asking these questions? Well, that's a very good question. So the uh, Centers for Disease Control um, has asked uh, questions in the Youth Risk Behavior Survey, of, which is a survey of high schoolers across the U.S., uh, whether they consider themselves to be transgender since 2017. Um, we have uh, the behavior risk factor surveillance system for adults, which has asked about um, whether people consider themselves to be transgender since 2014. Um, in our prior study, we actually didn't have access uh, in 2017 yet to um, data from the high schoolers themselves. So we made predictions based on what we knew about adults. And um, our estimate then was about um, 0.7% of youth, 13 to 17, uh, would identify as transgender. And our current estimate, based on data from actual high schoolers now, uh, we think is a better estimate uh, based on, you know, data from 15 states uh, is now 1.4%. So our estimate over that uh, period of time has doubled. So I know the way in which this has been covered by the media, but as as one who has been knee deep in all this data, it's your work they're talking about. 
what for you was the biggest takeaway? Um, well, adults seem to be using the same data set over time. Adults seem to be holding steady um, in terms of, you know, the 0.5, identifying as trans. And that comports with, with other surveys, um, such as, you know, the ones done by Gallup um, and Pew. Um, but our, the youth figure, you know, was uh, pretty eye-popping for us. Uh, the trans population, of course, in um, many studies has been found to be younger than the U.S. population. We found that 43% of the trans population was youth or young adults, so that's ages 13 to 24. Um, by comparison, you know, it's like just under 19% of the U.S. population are youth or young adults. So I'd say that's probably the, you know, the biggest eye-popping finding from our study. Dr. Herman, do you think that that's a function of acceptance? In other words, if there were a way to know the, the accurate number for all folks that you're interested in studying, would you see that actually the number of transgendered adults is the name, is the same, pardon me, as youth? It's just that those who are older are not as comfortable in saying so. Well, I would say that population differences, population growth over time would certainly have several explanatory factors at play. I don't think there's one single factor that would explain it all. And frankly, I'd be skeptical, skeptical of somebody who said that they you know, knew the one single factor to explain it all. Um, I, I agree that there is societal changes at play. Um, certainly, there's more awareness of transgender people and what the word transgender means. Um, there's more, been more education on the subject. Uh, there's growing acceptance. Um, there's growing family acceptance. We see evidence of that. Um, you know, let's not let's let's also not forget. You know, that elder trans people may have, uh, yeah, artificially lower proportions for many reasons. You know, different societal circumstances when they grew up. Um, we also know that the prevalence of um, suicide attempts is rather high among trans people. It's possible we've lost some of our older generations of trans folks. We just don't know. Uh, we actually don't have data about suicide deaths among trans people. That's another big gap in our knowledge. Um, but there may be other reasons to explain all this. So my bottom line there is just that there's no one single factor that would explain population so- deaths. So your your study, your work noted differences by age. How about by race and how about by geography? Um, yeah, so we did find uh, that the racial and ethnic distribution of youth and adults um, who identify as trans, it looks pretty similar to the U.S. population. Um, we didn't find any major statistical differences in race and ethnicity, but we did find this um this one trend that we do see in other um, in other studies that uh, trans folks tend to report being um, Latinx, uh, they're more likely to report being Latinx than the U.S. population and less likely to report being white. Um, even though our study didn't find any significant, statistically significant differences, this trend tends to pop up. Um, and it's quite possible because the um, Latinx population uh, on average is younger than other racial and ethnic groups in the U.S. So if there's an age factor happening, then that might explain the racial and ethnic differences that we're, we're seeing uh, in our study and in others. Um, and regionally, we didn't uh, we, we thought the regions were pretty 
similar. We Our highest estimate was in the Northeast, that 1.8% of, um, of youth in the Northeast identify as trans. Um, and the Northeast was also the highest for adults at 0.6%. Um, and it states we've, we found New York had... Um, a, the highest percentage of youth who identify as, as trans at, at 3%, which was uh, a little eye-popping for us as well to, to see that estimate. I'm looking, I'm looking at your executive summary and to the point you just made. At the state level, our estimates range from 3%, 3.0% of youth ages 13 to 17 identifying as transgender in New York to 0.6% mm-hmm. in Wyoming. Our estimates for the percentage of adults who identify as transgender range from 0.9% in North Carolina to 0.2% in Missouri. What I guess the same question that I have about age, what might account for those changes? Again, is it an acceptance thing? You know, it's quite possible. Um, it's quite possible that that is part of it. Um, when we do our uh, statistical modeling, we do take into account um, different uh, individual level characteristics and state level characteristics. And there are a couple variables that we use that indicate, um, you know, potential measures uh, that are related to trans identity. For instance, we found actually one of the um, biggest predictors for um, trans identification within a particular state was the number of same-sex couples that are residing in the state. So somehow that's that's related. Um, but we don't know all the answers to that, and our study can't really answer all the questions to that, but we do have some, you know, ideas. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Have you noted in your other work, but related to this, that as society has become more accepting of uh, folks who are gay, homosexuality, for lack of a better descriptor, that more people then Mm -hmm. identify as such because maybe they don't feel as shunned and are therefore more willing to do so? If we if we compare a gay model to a transgender model, are there similarities well, you'll find like in the in the Gallup organization has been asking a question about um, whether you consider yourself to be lesbian, gay, bisexual or transgender over time, like consistently over time. Okay. And right. they do um, see an uptick over the years. And I have yet to see a study that maps, you know, a measure of social acceptance uh, on those types of yearly estimates. So, you know, I don't know the answer to whether it's growing acceptance that is causing an increase in um, people willing to disclose to a survey interviewer, right, mm-hmm. that they are, are mm-hmm. LGBT, because that's really what we're talking about. We're really talking about survey research. That's really, you know, how we know about uh, our U.S. populations, how we know about the trans population right now. And that requires a level of disclosure, either on a survey that you're taking yourself or to an interviewer over the phone. So um, I would have to believe that, you know, personal comfort level uh, with disclosure would have to have something to do with that. And societal acceptance would be a part of that. Right. I mean, I'm out of my depth on this, but you wouldn't think that there would be significant shift among the populace on matters of sexuality, would you? I mean, wouldn't you think that's that's kind of baked in and that what you and I are talking about in changes of, of data and numbers and surveys is a reflection of people's willingness to acknowledge. At least that would be my layperson premise. Right. And that seems very reasonable. There could be other factors going on. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's been a static number of LGBT people since the dawn of time. I, You know, we just simply don't know that. Um, but that seems reasonable that if that there uh, that if there was, then really what we're measuring is people's willingness to disclose, which has you know societal acceptance, educational factors around it. So you know, I kind of have the same underlying feeling about this that that mm-hmm. you know there is uh, some type type of objective number out there, and what we're just seeing is about people's willingness to identify uh, in a certain way, disclose on a survey, you know, come out about who they are. Dr. Herman, will you speak to the issue that uh, I know will come up when I take telephone calls when you're gone of of people who will wonder if some of this is over-reporting and the stakes are high not only for the individuals, the youth, but also for their parents who are trying to make decisions as to whether they're going to support uh, I don't know, hormone blocking, hormone enhancing, maybe even surgery. So can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by overreporting? Right. Well, if the number has doubled, might that be an artificial escalation? Might it really not be that high, but that more are identifying as such than, uh, than might in 10 years regard themselves as such? You know, frankly, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> um, it's a very good question, and I think it's on 
a lot of people's minds. There are people who would suggest that our numbers are too low, you know, that there is actually kind of an artificial suppression of the numbers because it requires disclosure on a survey, for instance, and there are people who are not willing to come out um, and disclose their status on a survey. So I've heard arguments either way. Um, I don't know um, that I have any evidence to support that there's over-reporting in in these types of surveys. Um, It actually might be the opposite. So sum up, for someone who has just tuned in or who wants to know the takeaway, there's new data. The data uh, comes from the Williams Institute, where you, possessing a Ph.D., are the Reed Rasmussen Senior Scholar of Public Policy. What, What do you most want people to know about these new numbers? I think these new numbers show that there are trans people living everywhere in the U.S., Um, And policies, public policies that target them, target real people that are living in communities across the country. So no one should think that they don't have any trans people um, amongst their communities and amongst their neighbors. Got it. Dr. Jody Herman, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for your willingness to talk about your work. Of course. Thanks for having me. Dr. Herman, as I said, is the Reed Rasmussen Senior Scholar of Public Policy at the Williams Institute. So... Today's survey question at Smirconish.com, I've not peaked, I've not voted myself. Are more young people actually gender diverse? Are more young people actually gender diverse than a generation ago? I mean, what I'm really trying to get to here is this, is this all an acceptance reporting thing or has something changed? I'm a layperson. I'm completely naive to this, but as I said to my guest, it wouldn't it wouldn't seem to me that there that something has all of a sudden changed in society today versus 50 years ago versus 100 years ago versus 500 years ago where on matters of sexuality there's a societal shift the only way that i can explain you you heard the numbers right this survey that was conducted between 2017 and 2020 estimates that 1.4% of 13 to 17 year olds And 1.3% of 18 to 24-year-olds were transgender. But when you ask adults, when you ask all adults, that number diminishes to 0.5%. So is it simply that the younger ones are, are more willing to say, yes, that, you know, that's where I fall? Or is there something different about younger Americans, the youth who identify as transgender? And, and how about this finding? I thought this was, was quite interesting, and maybe this is age-related as well. The racial-ethnic distribution of youth and adults who identify as transgender appears generally similar to the U.S. population, though our estimates mirror prior research that found transgender youth and adults are more likely to report being Latinx and less likely to report being white compared to the U.S. population. Is that just as simple as the, the, the population tends to skewer disproportionately? Uh, the youth tend to, to be more Latinx than do the older? Why are whites reporting in lower number? And then there, of course, is the G. I mean, all of this is interesting to me. The age is interesting to me. The ethnicity is interesting to me. And the geography is interesting to me. If I look at if I look at all 50 states, 
There's a chart that I have in front of me that I want to be able to read. So 1.4% of teenagers 13 to 17 report being transgender in the United States. The states that are north of 1.4%, the average, Massachusetts, Arizona, Maine, Connecticut, Illinois, Nevada, Wisconsin, California, Rhode Island, Maryland, D.C., Hawaii, New Mexico, New York. What accounts for that? Why is New Mexico? Okay, New York, I think I get. Acceptance. I'm trans. I don't want to be ostracized in Wyoming where we are fewer in number or at least fewer who report. I'm going to go be among kindred spirits. I'm headed to New York. I get that. But if How come New about, Mexico? But if we're talking about teenagers. Teenagers. But if we're talking about teenagers, they can't choose to go live in New York. Their families are already in New That's York. A good point, TC. Well, how about so that this? goes to what you said about the acceptance. In other words, like if it's if it's something that you learn about, you know, it, it's it's like the for younger for younger kids, the use of the pronouns and the the gender fluidity is just not a big deal for use of the kids in the Northeast. Hey, I really struggled with this question. Well, because I, you didn't I consulted, want it to be disrespectful. Right. I wanted to I wanted to provoke a good conversation and I wanted to ask it in a way that was uh, absolutely respectful of everyone. I consulted with Peter Meltzer, you know, the thinker's thesaurus. Over 6,000 people have already voted on the website. What I'm really trying to get to are more young people actually gender diverse than a generation ago. Are you saying, Are you? is your emphasis on more? Because my emphasis is on actually. Are more young people actually yes. gender diverse yes. than a generation ago? Yes. That's, because what you just asked Dr. Herman is, wouldn't it be static? I would think it would be static. So I think it's more than more are comfortable saying they are. So therefore you think that this, I mean, in, instinctively, I would think the same percentage of adults as teens uh, are transgender. Agree. Right. So are we saying. Unless a teenager says or thinks they're transgender. Change? And then, and did then something change where. They're experimenting or exploring or. Maybe I don't even not. know if you can say that word, experimenting. I'm not even sure. I, I don't know. I don't. Of course, I would never want to be disrespectful at all. I just think it's very interesting. And I think that people like me that doesn't have a lot of 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 um, exposure or, uh, you know, I don't talk about this a lot. I think it's important to talk about so that we have the words to discuss it. And we can I do think, so saying I might make mistakes. I might trip over myself. I'm doing my best. I think challenging the certainty of it in a teen is itself the challenge. I think that because if you do, then that can be looked on as anti-trans and you would never want to be seen as anti-trans. Correct. Obviously. But you'd want to be sure. Of course. As, as, as best you, you know, as, yeah. as best you can. By you the wanna, way, the you survey sure. is running about 70, uh, about 60, 40. Say the survey question the way you, you give it voice. So I, my emphasis was on actually. And you're correct. Are more young people actually gender diverse than a generation ago? think we should highlight both of them are more young people actually gender diverse than a generation ago i my gut tells me that the answer is probably not but that more are willing to say so 62 percent are voting yes on your website interesting this is the smirconish podcast from sirius xm Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4 
Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Lynn, you go first. You're in Massachusetts. Hi, Michael. Hi. Thank you. Um, I have three children. Two are 19 and one is 12, and they all seem to identify as gender fluid, non-binary. It's something that's sort of progressed over the years, and um, speaking to your last hour, I think a lot of it had to do with their connections to the Internet. Specifically, Interesting. YouTube. So what exactly does that mean? So I found when I started really diving into what they were watching was a lot of people who were sort of self-proclaiming their story, their traumas, and having to, quote-unquote, identify as something immediately. Like, that was the big buzz. It was what got views for them. It was what got followers. And they really, these influencers really started, you know, entrenching themselves into who they were and the identity that they then decided. And I felt like I was swimming upstream trying to talk to my children about sexuality and the fluidity of sexuality, that you don't have to identify at 12 exactly who you are and how you're going to identify, because that's going to change as you start exploring. So your 12-year-old says to you, what, I'm, I'm not attracted one way or the other, I'm attracted both ways, I don't know? Yes. No, he came to me uh, last year and was basically like, Mom, I feel like I could be attracted to both people, both types of people. I really feel like I could love anybody. And I basically felt like he had this like coming out thing that he had to kind of portray and sort of mimic or parrot what he was seeing online. 
or or and maybe really or, had... or maybe in his older siblings. Or maybe in his older siblings, although they never had a quote unquote coming out. Um, you know, mm-hmm. my my daughter always says, "I I lived in a closet with a glass door." Right. Um, she's always sort of yeah. been who she is. Um, but I really do see that. For going back to your question, I absolutely, even in the time frame from my nineteen year old to my twelve year old, when I go to school functions. Now, compared to when I was going to to sixth grade functions with my 19-year-old twins when they were 12, there are a lot more children who are very upfront with their dress and their attire as to how they identify. Yeah, no doubt. And I didn't see that. I didn't see that so much. The story story that would have been much talked about 10 years ago and fodder for me you know, doing radio in a big market would, wouldn't raise an eyebrow today. I totally get where you're going. Let me keep moving. I wish you good things with all three of your kids. In New Jersey, this is John, who's a teacher. John, what do you see? Hey, Michael, how you doing? Um, Hi. Yeah, I was going to say to you, here's, here's a good one for you. If, if you're a boy and you're, um, I'm going to say 14, 16 years old, let's say 16, 17 years old even, and you choose to use... Um, I want to ask you that question. You walk into school, which bathroom should you, are you allowed to use the men's or the women's? You're asking me that question? Yes. I'm a 14 year old. I'll play along, but tell me again. I'm a 14 year old boy. What bathroom should I be able to use? Let's let's up it to 16. Let's say 16. Yes. Right. You've been identifying male all year and you come in just randomly on a day. Okay, well, I think it would be a problem if, if, if a boy walks into the girls' room on a random day. State law in New Jersey is that he can use whichever one he wants to and feels comfortable. Okay, and if it's, if it's a girl in the sa- same circumstance, what, same, the same, same rule applies? Yes, same. same circumstance. Well, look, I have the prescription for this. Stalls for all, as I say. Stalls for all. Everybody gets a stall, and then, then we get beyond this. Michael, it's, it's a lot of attention stuff. It's a lot of its attention. And these gender blocking and these long-term irreversible medical procedures are going to be a problem. Well, this is, this, is this, is, this, is, this is why immaturity. it's such a, this is why it's such a sensitive subject. I mean, as a parent, I would yep. want to be supportive of, of whatever the dynamics might be. I'll use that word choice of my son or my daughter. I, first and foremost, I want to be supportive, but I also want to protect them in the long Agreed. term. And I want to make sure that, that some spike in numbers that, that now is taking place hasn't caused students to go in a direction that five or 10 years from now they, they wouldn't be comfortable with. Peter, you're in Ontario. What did you most want to say? Uh, just a couple things. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, so I wanted to say that uh, transgender sexuality obviously is fluid, right? I think everybody agrees that it's across a range. Uh, but I would have loved if you would have asked that lady if environmental conditions have anything to do with this. Because there are studies that do say a lot of medications are in the food system now through the waterways. And one of the primary things is estrogen. And I'd be interested to see or hear what she thought on that. And uh, just that last caller, I don't know where the hell he was coming from, but it was almost like the 1940s or something. Who cares bathrooms anymore? So I would have liked to have heard that and maybe comment on environmental conditions. Thank you, Peter. Uh, this is Vanessa in Texas. Greetings, Vanessa, and thank you for your patience. What did you want to say? Hi, Michael. Um, so two things. I'm a high school teacher, um, mm. and I've been teaching for 19 years. And so I, I do see 
more kids that are open about their sexuality, open about their gender. Um, but it also is because their parents are more open. Um, and so they're, they're feeling safe at home. They're feeling safe at school. Um, there's not so much fear for them. Um, and then the other thing is as a parent. So I have an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old. Um, they, are, they both came out to me as not straight. Um, and, you know, the older one was kind of more sure. Um, she said, I like both men and women, but this is my preference. Um, the younger one said, I just don't get it, Mom. She's like, why do I have to know who I love? I just love people. This was um, the 11-year-old. Yeah, my 11-year-old. She says, why do I have to know? I just, she said, I love people. She's like, I love nice people. Um, I like people that are smart. I like people that read. I like people that, you know, care about other people. And and so I think that that maybe is a good thing, that we've just raised her that love is important and treating people well is important. Um, and I, I really took issue kind of with the other mom saying, well, it was the, it was the Internet. My children don't have social media. Um, I'm, I'm as a teacher, I know how dangerous that can be for their self-esteem. And so I, I really protect them and shield them from a lot of social media. Um, as a teacher, it, as a teacher and as a mom, as you've just explained, do you see any evidence that it is? Uh, how do I want to say this, that it is something that that kids are attracted to today because it's sort of an in thing? Oh, no, absolutely not. You don't. Because they know that the world is still so unfriendly, right? So so um, there's no they, notion of this being suddenly the cool thing. No, no. no. They want to fit in. You know, kids, mm-hmm. as they're developing, they want to be part of the group. That That's just evolution, right? They We need to be part of a group to be safe, and it's really risky. Got and it. a lot of kids won't say anything even to their to their favorite teacher or to their best friend until they feel like it's really safe. Um, Understood. And, okay. And- Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. 